Thursday the 28th of September 2017. Today the igloo is coming, which we may not need now, although David was up last night looking for birds to rescue online. After our usual beginning to the day and a session of English, which much to the children's disappointment was grammar, they really like writing stories or poetry best of all, which we do a lot of. Then the big history session. We got the globe out and found England, and then the children found where the Angles, the Saxons and the Jutes came from, and we then learned of the order that these particular invaders eventually brought to England, and the rise of King Alfred the Great. We haven't yet dealt with his mess-up in the kitchen when he burnt the cakes. I often think that is mostly how he is remembered, and yet without him we would not have defeated the Danes. He brought into being the Dane law and restored peace by stopping the raids that killed the men, stole the women and children for slaves, butchered the livestock and stole the land. I would far rather Johnty and Rosie remember King Alfred for winning the great Battle of Eddington than burning the cakes in some Saxon peasant's cottage where he was hiding out. However, I must admit that it is a great story and one in which we do remember King Alfred. They really enjoyed this morning's teaching and like me they enjoy history because there is only me and the two of them. We cover a lot of ground in our history bus. They drew pictures of Viking longboats and next week we are going to make a Viking helmet using balloons and papier-nâché. Also, Saxon brooches pressed out of tinfoil. The rest of the teaching time passed peacefully and they worked really hard. As they had really concentrated, I promised them that all being well next week, on Monday, which is also Marshall's day off, we would visit Whittington Clumps, which is an old Saxon earthwork, earthworks where King Seneca had his settlement. If they near us and just below the clumps lies nestled in the Oxfordshire countryside the lovely ancient Dorchester Abbey. The story goes that when St Barinus brought Christianity to this part of the world he was then called Berin and the Roman church changed it to Barinus. King Seneca was so impressed with St Barinus and his Christian message that he and his tribe were converted to Christianity. Seneca also gave Barinus the land to found a community where the abbey stands today. There is a small village not far away called Berensfield where an early Christian followers probably settled. In the churchyard of our little church there is a small oratory which is also the entrance to the large house adjoining the church. The oratory is tiny and it was consecrated at the same time as my mother died. Many of us parishioners gave money or engraved windows, benches or, or a Bible box. This little oratory is named St. Barinus Oratory and I gave the money for the backing of the altar piece in memory of my mother. The oratory was meant as a refuge and quiet space for passers-by or those needing somewhere to sit and reflect. There is usually water and biscuits in the box, kindly placed in there by one of our very hard-working parishioners. And I believe that once we even have a homeless young man sleeping in there at night, well, not, well, why not? 
That to me seems a very good use for it. And who knows, he may have even picked up the Bible. That is always left in there as well. While I have been writing this for you, the children have been making papier-mâché in the kitchen. Unbeknown to me, Nikki has just popped in to tell me that I really do not want to know what is waiting for me when I go back into the kitchen. I have to look, and I just have. Well, yes. The word mess rather under-describes it, but it's definitely creative, and because of that, they are forgiven. The Arga seems to have a thin, sticky coat of glue where they have placed things for rapid drying, and the old Victorian pine table, which is always looking well scrubbed and raw, now has a shiny patina on it, reminiscent of a newly constructed piece of cheap flat-backed furniture. There are on various chairs ribbons of torn paper, fluttering like miniature flags, and the newspaper that was placed to protect the table now has little puddles of rainbow paint all running towards a common area which now resembles a khaki-coloured camouflage beret. But what they have achieved with their balloons and papier-mâché without help or guidance is a remarkable example of individual ingenuity. Where art is concerned, I've always discovered that at this age, children always achieve more if they have a free hand. I think that in this particular circumstance, lots of praise of the order of the day and turn the blind eye to the mess. Nevertheless, I think that it will take me the best part of the evening to get the kitchen back to anything near normal. Luckily, it is Thursday evening and David went off this morning with not just his packed lunch, but also a packed sandwich as he is still going straight from work to record the songs for the CD he is making to fundraise for Sue Ryder Hospice. In case you are wondering about the newer hens, they are all doing well and are laying, all of them, and yet they face destruction. What a crazy world we live in. Hetty Merriweather and her friend are still not impressed. They definitely haven't had a smile on their faces since the new ladies arrived. But, however, there are no fights or scraps down there. All is mostly quiet and peaceful, except for the bust sound of scratching hens in the dust. I think in a few days the old and the new will be completely reconciled. There was more in the paper today about the plastic particulates that are being absorbed into the marine life system and into the fish that people are eating. David Attenborough, the eminent expert in the field of flora and fauna, says that if we all play our part, it is not too late and we can reverse the damage. I do hope so. But how do you clean up the world's oceans that are so badly polluted that the plastic is part of the fish people eat? and become stored as part of the people themselves. From what I have read, plastic takes as much as 500 years to break down, if not more. And what chemicals does it break down into? There was a sad picture of a puffin with a piece of plastic in its beak, and a caption nearby saying, birds are now feeding plastics to their young. I hope that this is not the future for humans inadvertently feeding plastic to their babies via the food chain. I work very hard now to always remember my shopping bags and I think I may make pretty shopping bags for my friends as Christmas presents.
we are so used to having lots of plastic shopping bags building up and ready for other uses. Now we have none. And when someone shouts, have you got a plastic carrier bag, Mum? I'm pleased to call back, no, think of an alternative. Up to now, if our dog's soil in the garden, we collect it in carrier bags and put it in the rubbish bin. We call this a poo run or poo pick, as you do with horses. Now we are about to try another solution. We shall dig somewhere in the garden that is isolated and not often used, a latrine-shaped hole about six inches wide and 18 inches deep. Into this can be fitted a dog loo contraption into which you pour a sanitation fluid and every time you pick up a poo, you drop it down into this contraption and it will sanitise, liquidise and drain away beneath the ground. A much better solution than endless plastic bags filled with dog excrement going to the landfill where they could take centuries to break down. My children over the years have got into the habit of grabbing a plastic carrier bag to put their swimming towel and bathing trunks in. I now make them do what I used to do before the invention of plastic bags, which was to just roll the things up in their towels and carry them there and back to the swimming pool under their arms or in a waterproof backpack. There are masses of alternatives to plastic. I have rediscovered little brown sandwich bags. Sandwiches or lunch boxes full of salad now have to be transported either in the hand or in a plain linen bag that is washed on a weekly basis. You need to make a quantity of these because they frequently left at school or college. I now enjoy trying to think of new ways in which to place plastic not as we think, indispensable plastic supermarket carrier bags. Have you noticed that one now pays for the carrier bag? If you absolutely have to have one, only to find that it is twice or maybe three times thicker than the old ones and probably takes twice as long to break down. What we need is a government reward for anyone who comes up with the most innovative ideas to replace the use of the demon plastic bag. And the reward should be a good one. Worthy of man really turning around on this issue. Would love to know of more ideas. It's supper time in our household and a couple of hungry faces have appeared wanting to know if it's time to bang the supper gong. And I love the soft evening light at this time of the year and would love to take a stroll. But more corporal things are requiring my attention, like the feeding of my beloved family. So I will close for the day. It's getting quite dark now anyway, and the room that I work in is not well lit in the evening. Good night.